and sing for us. He's been hiding over there and hiding all his talent. But uh, thank you for your patience today. I uh, uh, got home last night and absolutely could not sleep a lick. Started running fever and coughing, and, and uh, I'm not sure what's going on right now, but uh, uh, just <clears throat> this is one of those places where by the time you get your clothes on, you're already soaking wet because you're sweating. So uh, that's kind of where I am right now. But I asked him if I could just step in and come in and, uh, and preach. And, and what I'm going to do is probably just as soon as I get done, I'm going to try to slip out of here because I don't want to shake your hand. I don't want a hug. I don't want nothing because I don't want anybody else to get this. And, uh, and I'm, a, I'm really afraid that I might have given it to somebody last night. So uh, I hope I didn't. I want you to go to the book of Job. The book of Job. Job chapter 1. probably notice I don't have my, my normal microphone on, but uh, I just figured I'm not going to walk around today, so I'm <laughs> stay right here behind this thing and, and talk to you. Uh, I, I didn't realize that uh, we had a uh, family reunion scheduled for today, because I've got all kinds of family in here in the church today, and, and, uh, and it's a lousy time to, to be sick, but I'm glad they're here. Thrilled that they're here. Thrilled that you're here. And glad that everybody's here this morning. And we've hopefully uh, here in the next few minutes, some of them from over at the junior church will be coming back over. Uh, they, uh, I'm telling you, if you knew what all was going on at the junior church, we'd probably all just want to go over there uh, because they got bandits, they got train robberies, they got all kinds of things going over there. They, they even have the Frito Bandito over there. So. Um, so it's it, but uh, some of those will be getting done and coming back over here. Look at Job chapter one, verse one. It says, "There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, and five hundred yoke of oxen." And five hundred she asses, and and very and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone uh, gone about that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. So up to this point, you know, Job's very blessed. He's got this large family, but he's, uh, he's making offerings and things because he says, you know, it says of Job uh, that he is a perfect man, that he was an upright man, that he feared God and eschewed evil. And, and he's, he's concerned about his children that maybe they're not quite so perfect, maybe, and, and by this word perfect, that means mature. It doesn't really, it doesn't mean perfection. It means mature. And, and so uh, he, he knows that maybe they may struggle a little bit, so he's very concerned about them, and he's, he is, uh, he's offering sacrifices for them. But then in verse 6, if you uh, look at verse 6, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? 
Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless this morning, Lord Jesus. I need your strength, your clarity of mind this morning. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to thee. And, and Lord, I pray that it, it might be clear and concise this morning, but uh, it'd be a help and a blessing that we'd not go through the motions uh, at all, that uh, the truth that, that comes here that would be something that would help and bless and encourage somebody, please. In Jesus' name, amen. The... Um, this, of course, uh, as you read through Job, it's going to become a very sad story as you read through it of the sufferings and the hardships that Job's going to face because he's going to lose all of his children and all of his wealth, all of his possessions. It's a story of faithfulness, though, also in renewal because as, as we see Job come through the trials and receive God's blessing in an amazing way, he, he loses everything, but then he stays faithful to God, and then he... Uh, he comes back and God, God gives him everything back and, and even greater. Now the story, this story, it, it, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of an up and down story, but it really should give us hope and encouragement. First thing we've got to do is we've got to look at the fact that the Lord, uh, <clears throat> that this, the Lord asked Satan, whence cometh thou? Whence cometh thou? His answer was from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. So what happens is from the way it says, the way it appears, it, it seems like it's saying that Satan has total freedom to just go wherever he wants to. He sees freely walking up and down in the world and going to and fro in the world. And, and he's, what he's doing, according to Scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may desire. So when he comes and he tells the Lord that he's going to and fro and up and down and uh, in the earth, that's what he's doing. He's looking for somebody to devour. That's right. He's looking for somebody to destroy. Now the truth is, Satan and, and all of his, his entourage, they're looking right now. Uh, when, we, when we start walking out of this door, but even before then, there's a battle going on right now. And, and the truth is, Satan would love to devour somebody in here. He'd love to destroy somebody this week. Now, so as Satan was walking about to and fro and going up and down the earth, what that really means, it means he's going side to side. He's going up every mountain. He's going into every valley. He's going into every home. He's going everywhere. And what he's doing is he's looking for somebody to devour. Now, here's the sad thing. So many are devoured. We've got a world that's just been devoured by Satan. It's just, uh, he's just... He's, he's tearing apart homes. He's tearing apart marriages. He's tearing apart families. And he's destroying children. He's devouring everywhere. He's going about Amen. seeking whom he may devour. And what we're going to talk about this morning is, is why are there those, why are people susceptible to being devoured? Satan is a traitor full of rebellion. But the truth today is simple. Will you suffer, suffer trials because of God's choice or your decision? That's right. Amen. I hope you get what I just said. This is what we're going to look at this morning is, will you suffer trials because of God's choice or because of your decision? 
You see, in verse 6, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence cometh thou? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the, in the earth and walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Satan has been traveling all over the earth, seeking whom he may devour and devouring whom he may. That's right. God says he... Uh, to Satan, though, as he's gone about and he's devouring and he's traveling, he's, he's, he's just gobbling up whoever he can. He's taking in every life and every soul that he can. He says to him, have you considered my servant Job? Now, this word consider, you have to understand, it, it means to make an example of, to lay upon or violently lay hands on. Uh, God is saying not, hey, have you thought about Job? No, he's not saying that. He's saying, have you considered trying to take Job down? Have you considered trying to destroy Job? Now, here's a question I'd like to, to throw out to you because so often we go through passages of Scripture and things and, and we just kind of, we, we think we know what it says, but, but here's my question. Did Satan know Job already? Did Satan know Job already? Before God ever brought it up, did Satan know Job? Because the way we read it, it seems like, you know, Satan comes before him. He's been going all up and down, and God says, hey, have you thought of this guy? You know, you want to try this guy? And Satan's like, oh, okay, uh, I'll, I'll go after Job. Well, let's read what it says in in verses 9 through 12, look at verses 9 through 12. It says, then Satan answered. Now he said, have you considered my, my servant Job? And then in verse 9 it says, then Satan answered the Lord and said, doth Job fear God for naught? Even that statement sounds like he's familiar with Job. Hast not thou made an hedge about him? Sounds like he knows something about Job. And about his house and about all that he hath on every side. Listen to this. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. You think Satan knew Job? Yes, sir. But put forth thine hand. Look what he says now. But put forth thy hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Now, Folks, get this. Now, uh, we, we look at passages like this and we think, how could God do this to Job? But we have to always, and I, and I really stress this, we have to, we have to let God be God. And, and this whole thing, our existence is about God's glory, not about what we possess. It's not about how comfortable we are. It's about the glory of God. And right now, God's going to get glory. He's, he's saying... Take a look at Job. Now, twice in the, in the first few verses, he said the same thing. The Word of God says the same thing about, about Job. He's a perfect and upright man. He's one that, that uh, loveth God and escheweth evil. Says it twice. This description seems to make it clear, though, that what we just read, that Satan knew Job, but, but knew Job, watch this now, he knew Job was untouchable. At this point, before all this goes on, He's up to this point when he comes before God and God says, have you considered Job? Have you thought about attacking Job? 
Satan said to God, no, you've built a hedge about him. You've protected him. I can't get to him. Now, here's the question. What kept Job up to this point untouchable? What kept Job untouchable? The scripture says, Have thou considered my servant Job? That's the first clue. He's God's servant. Then it says that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. God says, you know, there's really nobody like Job to the, to the extent that he is matured in God. It's none like Job to the extent that he's upright or righteous in his life. There's nobody like Job that fears God the way he's supposed to fear God. There's just really nobody to the level that Job is. And he said, in a shoe with evil, you know what? If you fear God, then the scripture teaches you you hate evil. Amen. So it says he's mature in God. He's righteous. He feared God and he hated evil. In James chapter 3 verse 2, it says, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle, uh, bridle his whole body. You know, it says a perfect man. Again, it's this mature man. It says one thing about a mature man. He's able to control his tongue. That's right. You know, we'd have a lot less chaos in our homes if we could learn to control our tongue. It's just something that God said about Job. Job's, Job's a perfect man. And the scripture teaches a perfect man controls his tongue. He's careful about how he speaks to each other. He uh, speaks to others and deals with others. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 said, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, in instruction, in righteousness, that the man of God may, watch this, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God uses both these. He says righteousness and perfect. And how, how do we get there? He says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. You know what? Mature Christianity says, I know I need to be corrected. That's right. Amen. Mature Christianity says, hit me with your best shot, God, because I need it. Amen. I need to learn. I need to grow. I need to change. I need to be more like, and that's where Job was. Job was one that, that, that he was mature enough that he knew that he needed God's help. He knew that he needed the word of God. Amen. He knew that he needed to be taught. He knew that he needed, watch well, this, corrected. And that's something Amen. we don't like. Yes, sir. We don't like being corrected. Right. Come on, mature enough to accept the word of God and its correction. Colossians 1.28 says, Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Wow, you know, that, this is my heart. I, I'm not claiming to be here, but whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom. That's what God actually has, has given me as a challenge, as a pastor, as a preacher, is that, that somehow I'm trying to get to everybody in this room. I'm trying to help all of us to grow and to get more mature as a Christian. Psalm 37, 37 says, Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. Again, remember, 
Job was a perfect man, and he was an upright man. And God says, mark the perfect man, behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. And you say, well, it doesn't sound like Job went into peace. Job lost everything, went into, no, he, his end is That's peace. Right. His end is peace. It says, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. Proverbs 8, 13 says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy in the evil way and the fraud mouth do I hate. God has just given us, he's given again a little formula here where he says, if you want to be protected from the roaring lion that's traveling about this world and trying to devour you, he said, you better start working on getting more mature as a Christian. Amen. He said, you, you really better start working on being more righteous. And it's a term that we don't like to use today, but, but we, we need to work on being more righteous and find out what does God think righteousness really is. And he said, you, you know, that, watch this now. He said, if you really want to stay the hand of Satan and put a hedge, bring a hedge about you, then watch this, love God and hate evil. And you can't love God without hating evil. Satan seeks to attack and destroy. God kept a protection around Job, and then God lifted the protection. Now, not completely, because he wouldn't let him kill Job. He wouldn't let him take his life. But this means that any, watch this now, this means that anyone can come under attack. But, but here's my challenge to all of us. But let's not come under attack because we're attackable. Let's not come under attack because we've left the barriers down. Let's not come under attack because we're just kind of floating through life and thinking good is good enough. Come on, Folks, and I'll probably preach that message one day too, so, but, but good is really not good enough. God, you know, just being average in the Christian life is not really what God wants. He said, if you want to be protected... You better start pointing toward a man like Job. A Job, God said, God said, there's nobody in the earth like Job. You say, well, how am I going to be that, that if, if there's nobody in the earth? It's kind of like this, like John the Baptist. It says there's none greater born among women. But watch this. If Anybody remember math? Anybody back when they actually taught it and had greater than and less than and equal to? Anybody remember that? Hey. Greater than, less than, equal to? When you, when you go, to, when it says... I don't have a microphone on. When it says, when it says there's none greater born among women, listen to me. Uh, that's saying that that's saying that uh, that you could be equal to none greater, but you could be equal to. There's none greater born among, but you could be equal to. And can I tell you, I believe that Job is an example that we ought to be striving for. Somebody that we look at and say, you know what? I want to grow and be more mature as a Christian. And then I gave you some ways to do that. Holding my tongue is one of those ways. Loving God is one of those ways. I need to, to, to grow as a Christian. I need to, to, to really look at righteousness in the word of God and say, you know, I need to start eliminating things that truly are unrighteous and accept the fact that they are because God corrects me and says, you ought not be doing that or you ought not be seeing that or you ought not be saying that. And, and you know, when I do that, when I eliminate those things, I don't become better than anybody else. I don't become superior to anybody else. No, what I'm doing is coming closer to God because I say to God, I want to learn. I want to grow. 
But then he says he loveth God. And you know what we need a good dose of right, right now in, in, a, in America is just love God. That's right. You know, we got a lot of church going, people, but, but, but God says there's something totally different when we're talking about loving God. Amen. Love God. Because when you love God, you hate evil. That's right. And watch this. When you love God, you'll accept that there is evil. Right. Amen. And I keep throwing this out, and I hate to say it's too much and beat the dead horse, but, but, you know, we're in a generation that really doesn't want to accept the fact that there is evil. That some things are right and some things are wrong. Amen. We just don't want to do that. We, we, that's unacceptable. We can't, we can't go there. It, 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 there is no absolutes. There's no uh, right or wrong. No, I'm telling you, it might not be in the, in the state university. It might not be in the school system. But bless God, in the word of God, there's a right and there's a wrong. Amen. And the truth is, there's not even any gray areas with God. Now, there are with us because we don't understand as much what God does. But when it comes to God, he doesn't have gray areas. Now, any of us, any of us could lose our family, our home, our possessions today. But here's what I want to know. I want to know it was because God said, have you considered my servant? I don't want it to be because Satan found me and devoured, devoured me because of my life. I want to know that because God said, have you considered my servant who is perfect, upright, loves the Lord and hates evil? That's what God's saying. He's saying, I, that's what I, what I really want. Satan knew all about Job all along. Knew where he was. He describes his whole life. He, he, he's been blessed. He's been prosperous. He's been all this. And, and you kept a hedge about him. Satan knew exactly who he was. Satan wanted to get him. Satan wanted to destroy him. But he couldn't. He couldn't because I believe... That which God repeated, he's one that loveth God and escheweth evil. Now, I believe that we, we're going to come under attack, but really it's going to be one or two reasons. Either God says, go ahead, this guy's not going to turn his back on me. And we go through some trials and we go through some heartaches, but I'll give you this illustration this is going to be your the, the world's shortest sermon you're going to you're going to love this you probably wish i was sick every week now <laughs> but years ago i uh god was really whipping the fire to me about this thing of correction and i was struggling i was struggling because i saw correction as a condemnation I didn't see correction for what it was, which was something that was going to make me better. Better as a father, better as a husband, better as a preacher. And I really struggled with it. There came a point where finally, and it's a long story, but I, I finally God broke me. And I said, God, I've got to be 
corrected. I've got to receive that correction. About three months later, from that moment that God just sort of broke me, and I think that's about the time frame. I don't, you know, it's been so long ago, but my children were in a, and my wife were in a horrible car accident. And two of them, when they hauled them off, we didn't know if they'd live. One of them, they told us, had a broken neck, and the other one, they told us that, they, that uh, she had spinal fluid coming from her, from her nose. You know, when I walked into that hospital emergency room and knelt into each one of their little cubicles and rooms and gathered with other people and prayed, there was one thing that I kept thanking God for. Jesus' scripture teaches in Proverbs chapter 1 that if, if you don't receive correction, if you don't hear God, he won't listen to you. And at that moment, I was mighty glad that I felt that God was hearing me. Now, I did not know if he'd let my children live or die. But I wanted to know that if they died, I wanted to know it was not because of my rebellion that he didn't hear me. I wanted to know that if God took them or if they were crippled or whatever, that whatever the result was was because God said, for my glory, this is best. And you know, the same thing is right here. You know, we're going to go through trials. I don't think God lets anybody go through this life without them. And I'll never assume or say to somebody, this is why you're going through that because I'm not God, so I don't know. I mean, you may look at me and say, you're a sinner, that's why you're sick. But no, we don't know, but I can tell you this, you need to know. You need to know that you're not being attacked because you're attackable. You're being attacked because God said, have you considered them? Have you considered my servant? You say, now if I live righteous and everything, then God's going to protect me and everything's going to go good. Well, I'm not sure anybody went through as much as Job did. So I'm not saying you're not going to, you're going to get out of this life without suffering. But you better know this. If your children suffer, if your wife suffers, if your husband suffers, if your family suffers, you want to know that the suffering came because God said, have you considered? Amen. Not because we said, I, I'm going to go my own way. There's a lot of them out there. Satan was just running to and fro. And he was devouring everywhere. He said, yeah, I'm having a great time, God. I'm going to and fro, up and down, seeking whom I may devour. And he was gobbling up people right and left. But not Job. Not Job. I hope uh, this may help us a little bit. Again, I want to warn you, don't think, well, I've got... 
You know, is it because I'm ungodly or because I've got sin in my life that something's happened to me? No, it might be because you're learning and growing and God says, I believe in him. I believe that he's not going to turn his back on me. That's what Job said. I'm going to trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I hope it uh, helps us. I think it should be an encouragement to us. I really do. And can I tell you this? If you're in here this morning and, and you've not trusted Christ, you are... You have no hedge about you right now. Satan is, is ready to devour you at any moment. And maybe he's already started. But if you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, then, then there's no barrier up right now. There's no hedge up. You need to make sure that you know you're going to heaven when you die. You need to make sure that you know that you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Let's pray. Father, I pray.